episode number 24 of the Captain Crew Cast of Pods, podcast for January 2016. I'm your host, Rob. Joining me tonight is Kenny. I will be going snowboarding again this weekend. Ben. Skadoosh. Cat. Hi. Bill. I'm a bit frosty today. <laughs> and the bell is also back. <laughs> so happy that I remembered the bell this time. Bells for bills. So we're, uh, we're a little pressed for time tonight, so this is going to be a little bit shorter of a podcast than you're normally used to, especially if you came off of the December episode, which was three and a half hours long. So let's get to it. Would you guys rather live on an ice planet like Hoth or a desert planet like Jakku or Tatooine? And I'm going to start off with... Bill. So this is really a burning question. <laughs> I'm going to take the bill away very soon. <laughs> Come on, Rob. Be chill. <laughs> You're just feeding the fire here. I know, I know, I know. Dang. <laughs> yes. Uh, after, after what we had to do this last weekend with the blizzard of 2016, since we all live in fucking Pennsylvania, why do we live here in Pennsylvania where we get lots and lots of snow on occasion? Um, yeah, it's on a rare occasion. Like we haven't had a snow like snow like this in what twenty years. I'm going snowboarding again this weekend. <laughs> exactly, and and there's a, there was a great calculator online where uh, you could find out how heavy the snow was that you shoveled. With my driveway that I had to shovel out with my parents' help, um, it was about fourteen thousand pounds of snow. Nice, fourteen thousand pounds. Ugh. Uh, so, yeah, no, I'm not going to live on Hoth. I'll <laughs> yeah, live on Jakku. That. I'll take my chances with the desert planet. If I have to scrounge scraps for, you know, half rations and quarter portions, <laughs> certainly do that. Kenny doesn't get that reference. <laughs> yeah. Damn it, Kenny. The only Go see wrong. fucking Star Wars. I'll get to it later. <laughs> okay, so uh, how about you, Ben? Uh, I am... Uh, I'm actually going to go on the side that people most likely wouldn't. I'm actually going to choose Hoth over Jakku. Basically because of the fact that I look at it this way when it comes to summer versus winter. In the summertime, in in the wintertime, you can put on as much clothing as you want to stay warm. Summertime, there's only so much in you can summer, take off without can getting rusted. Exactly right. <laughs> there's only so much you can take off. So um, I mean, you can't build igloos out of sand. If you're so, living on a sand, mostly uninhabited sand planet, you can, you can have naked. naked time all the time. Yeah, but you still, if you get too hot, you can't take off your skin. Naked time <laughs> all the time equates to sunburn in areas I don't want to. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> and you could try really hard to take off your no. skin. It might be disturbing afterwards. <laughs> but yeah, I would choose Hoth over Jacob. Okay, so one in, uh, like we're one in one. Yep. Uh, let's go with Kat. Uh, definitely Jakku. I hate the cold. Ice planet sounds miserable. While I burn pretty easily, what I could do is what we did in Vegas, which has become nocturnal. And I will only come out at night, and it'll be perfectly fine. And the temperature will be lower because it's a desert. It's just all around the best idea. Yeah, but on Jakku, you can't sing Do You Want to Build a Snowman? It makes no sense. I'd be okay with that. Okay. I don't ever want to build a snowman. I just love snowman. the visual imagery Kat just gave me of her <laughs> scurrying out from under a rock at night and just kind of like eyes real big and like running through the sand. Kat's, Kat's just going to become a Jawa. Let's be honest here. Yes! You know what you could do, though? You could invite Neil Ga Gaiman to say, do you want to build a Sandman? Yay! That was a good one. I like it. Oh, too shabby. Yeah. How about you, Kenny? Uh, I'm actually going to keep things even and go with Hoth. I'm not exactly a gambler, so I don't care about the Sands. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that was a cross for me. That was good, yeah. 
But Hoth, snow. All right, how many times have I said already, I'm going snowboarding again this weekend. <laughs> the sand is irritating. It gets in places you don't want to get. It makes sex not fun because, again, it gets in places you don't want to get. It's going to be sunburn. It's going to be not pleasurable. Hoth, all right, you get to go out. You get to go sledding. You get to go snowboarding. You get to have snowball fights. And there's no one that said you can't have buildings. It's fucking warm inside. No problems. Absolutely, I'm going to Hoth. Okay. Well, I don't really care where I live because I'm going to have a summer home in San Diego and just stay there all the time. Because we didn't say we couldn't do that either. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's <laughs> a cop out. Pick one. Now, um, actually, I think um, Jakku, just for the sheer fact that I could live inside of an ATAT. So I'm good with that. Or Star Destroyer. Or a Star Destroyer. So yeah, you got. Yeah, have... but you're, if you're on Hoth, you could do the same thing because there are now remnants of those left around too. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. And you'll be um, warmer in those. You won't be sweating your ass off like you're living in a tin can. Oh, that's true. Warm. You know, let's go with Hoth. There you go. go. Ah! I could be. Mean, I could be a salesman. <laughs> Frosty motherfuckers. <laughs> oh. And speaking of all of the snowy puns, let's might as well get the big one out of the way. So, what did everybody do during the blizzard? Uh, did anybody do any kind of binge geeking? Is there any shows that you just like just tore through? Games that you finally is, played? Books that you were tore through? Is read? masturbation considered binge geeking? Sure. Depends on the type of porn you're looking at. <laughs> um, or how intensely you feel about by it. another person considered a geek. <laughs> as long as you're watching Fisherman's Wife or Fisherman's Wife Two, the pretendically. <laughs> um, I got caught up on some movies. I've been meaning to either watch for the first time or rewatch. Uh, not really anything geeky. I, well, I did I did binge on some Deep Space Nine though. Nice. Mm-hmm. Since I haven't been through that series yet, I'm still in season one, but I got through I a little bit more season it. one. Neither have I. That's why so I binge watched it. Because it someone posted the other day, once you get to the episode, it's going to be a couple seasons away. In the pal- pale moonlight, there's a fantastic monologue by Cisco, and it's just so chilling. Like Cisco, and the plan? fact that he oh. this really kind of solidifies him. As the best captain, almost. That's ever. saying a lot. But it's saying a lot, but wait until you get to it. All right, I have to wait. I was able to catch up on, uh, well, not catch up, but start the new season of Supernatural. And Lucifer cool. is back in a big way, which is going to be awesome. That doesn't give anything away for anyone that hasn't oh, seen it. Oh, I'm caught up, so it's not ruining anything. Okay. Okay. And I okay. also... Went back and I was looking, I was like, you know what, I've got to do something, I'm stuck inside now, and uh, I found my season one copy of The League, and I put that in. Fuck, that is still an amazing show. Still, if you have not watched The League, you need to get on this. And I know you sit there and go, (laughs) it's football, I don't want to watch football. Yeah, neither do I. The show has like nothing to do with football. Nothing. And you know what's sad? Last season's coming up this year. Oh. It makes me. It makes my heart go pitter patter. Is that FX? Yes. Yeah. It's is FX. FX. Yep. It's FXX now. Yeah. Because I I like Archer. I, that's like one of my yeah, favorite shows. Yeah. Which is coming back to FX. Yes. It season. never moved from FX. It was rumored that they were going, going to FX, move to FXX. FX, yeah. And it didn't. Yep. How about you, Kat? What did you do? How many you books did you me. read? <laughs> I didn't but actually read that many because I was writing. But um. You were writing. What were you writing? Because that's geeking still too. I was writing my sequel to the book that just came out. Which is what and where? <laughs> Hunting for Spring. And it's available at... Amazon. And... Lucid's website. That's loose-id.com because Kat doesn't promote her stuff. <laughs> 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 you should work in sales. <laughs> yes. 
I did all my binge watching at Netflix.com. <laughs> Although I will say, I started um, the third book in the, I think it's called Gypsy, yeah, Gypsy Morph in, um, it's one of the Shannara series. If anyone has not watched the Shannara Chronicles yet, Me. it's really I good. Have. It's good. I now, I don't know. I actually don't know how it would be perspective-wise. Like, I have the huge nostalgia bent with it going into it because for me and my brother, like, Terry Brooks was, that was the, we used to read the Shannara series when we were kids, like, over and over. And the, like, it's really long series, too. So he's still coming out with more and more Shannara books. Um, so watching the show was, like, a huge nostalgia hit. It was very awesome. And I I'm really digging it so far. I just can't watch anything that's on MTV. And we I all used to say, it's good. I would never watch something on CW because it was the place of, like, One Tree Hill and Felicity. I never said that, though. <laughs> yes, but it's the same damn thing. Yeah, you I should say, I check it out. 90% of the shows you watch are CW. When they <laughs> rename MTV something other than music television that doesn't play music videos anymore, It's just I'll MTV give now. It it's show. not music television. It's just MTV. It still represents music television. But on Shannara, <laughs> yeah. I have a few problems with it. The first and foremost is the fact that they put out the first four episodes like three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and I watched them. Oh. And I went back to go, okay, there's going to be a whole bunch of new episodes. They still don't have anything past the first four episodes on demand. Because last, well, because last uh, week was when the fourth one aired. Oh. For so this week is number five. So this week, I actually just came out last night, so I'm planning on watching it like ASAP. I is, can't freaking wait. This is where Cat will yell at me. I find it interesting. I find the premise interesting. I yeah. like the concept of it. The acting is subpar. Or really? maybe the acting's okay. The dialogue is subpar. That's, That's what fair. that what was getting me. Are the yeah. actresses attractive? Oh, the actresses are hot as fuck. Then yeah. it doesn't matter. <laughs> and it doesn't and matter. And you'd be happy too. Manu Bennett is Manu Bennett. one of the Manu main Bennett characters. Is He's awesome. Alanon. He's the older guy, the druid. The he druid is everything I wanted him to be because Alanon is one of my favorite characters through those series. Like, he appears in multiple because the Shannara books are all generational. So, like, the sort of Shannara one, um, Will's father was in that. Or no, yeah, his father was in that. And so, like all the different series linked together through families. And it's so seeing Alan on and it was awesome. I will I will give it my three episode treatment for yeah. this group. You could watch it on YouTube. It is. It well, then is I'm not watching it on MTV. MTV. There you yeah. go. All right. All right. That works. <laughs> and if you tour it, you're also not <laughs> watching it on MTV. <laughs> on MTV. That's um, true. Yeah, well, for me, like I said, uh, I didn't game a lot, but the gaming that I did do, I really enjoyed. Uh, I checked out Divinity. Which is a Divinity Original Sin Enhanced Edition. Really cool, like old school, like Baldur's Gate like game. Super awesome. Finally started playing Undertale, which is a, a little RPG done 8 bit style. Incredibly good, really ingenious. Like it's classic RPG style, but like they make you do weird things when you go up against your enemy encounters. Instead of just fighting them, you can actually have conversations with them. And it's like little base commands like flirt with them, compliment them, threaten them. And they start reacting based on those things. So you can actually talk your way out of every encounter in the game. So, like, cool. one of the characters that you come up against is a ghost that's crying. And you can constantly keep telling him jokes, and then he all of a sudden will tell a joke. And he'll be like, I'll let you pass now. You don't have to fight me. So it's... they do really unique things. It's a PC game. It's on Steam. It's okay. like 10 bucks. And I also started a game called Darkest Dungeon, which is brilliant. It's a turn-based RPG. Unfortunately, it's crashing a ton right now. But... Um, really unique in the way that it kind of takes some of the Cthulhu-esque stuff into effect, 
So it's a turn-based RPG like you think of an old-school Final Fantasy game. But what you're doing is you're dungeoning through with groups of people, and they all have their own unique traits. But you also have to deal with not just your health bar, but a stress bar. Because the more and more they fight and the more horrors that they see, they start slowly losing their sanity. And you have to address that in between dungeons. So you take them back to the town and be like, okay, well, go gamble and blow off some stress. And when they do that, sometimes they will. Sometimes they'll win because their luck is really high and they'll win a whole bunch of money gambling and maybe gain a cool piece of armor. Or they're cheating and you don't know this and they get kicked out of the inn and they're never allowed back in the inn again. So congratulations, find a new way to lower their stress. Is this also on Steam? Also on Steam. It's and 20 bucks. <laughs> Dark, uh, Darkest Dungeon. It's right. 20 bucks. <laughs> they can have other weird things like go to the brothel and hook up with a prostitute. In, is there nudity in this game? Uh, they don't really show that stuff oh. as much, but like it's it's the idea of... Um, but like for example, if your character happens to be also incredibly perverted, they'll get kicked out of the brothel and never allowed back in the brothel. Is it kind of weird that I've mentioned masturbating hot chicks and nudity in all in this podcast so far? We're only like what ten Thir- minutes in. Thirteen, ladies, okay. we would like you to be aware that Ben is available in case you haven't figured it out. <laughs> but um, it's a really cool game. But the cool thing that's also about it is, is it's a permadeath game. Once the characters that you build up, dead. they are dead. Yeah. But when you ever you go back to the village. There's new adventurers always there, so you can always hire them into your party. That was kind of like, um, there's a game that was released on Xbox, um, State of Decay, mm-hmm. that was permadeath. And I didn't realize it was permadeath yep. until I lost my first character. Oh, I was no. pissed. Because so. I built this character up and got him like such an incredible inventory, and then he got overrun by a horde. And everything he had on his there stayed with the body in the middle of the horde and I could never get to it again. But it's cool though too because like your characters can become super fearful so it's turn based so if it gets to your character's Mm -hmm. turn what happens is sometimes they'll just cower in fear and not fight with the rest of your troops. If they're addicted to gold they'll run after the gold during the fight and not help out. All these little quirks come into play during combat and it's very very interesting. It's also gorgeous this hand drawn like comic book looking style so I definitely recommend and it's called um, Darkest Dungeon? Darkest Dungeon. And the last thing I think geek-wise for us was, uh, um, well, me and Ben also started a long-talked-about podcast. Uh, the DC Primetime Podcast was recorded on Sunday, went up on Monday. We did? Um, yes, we did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's called DC Primetime. If you go over to nextlevelradioonline.com, you can find the first episode. and should be on iTunes now as well. Yep, it is on oh. iTunes. Just search DC Prime on iTunes uh, under podcasts or... As you said, nextlevelradioonline.com. Click on the shows tab at the top, and it'll there'll be a drop down menu. You'll see all the list of all the shows, including oh, DC Primetime, and that'll be a weekly show. So, there's one other thing that I wanted to say, and that's because uh, some of the people here already know it. I went on eBay a while ago and saw something and went, "That looks really cool." There's no way I'm going to win it at this price. So I bid on it for $17, and I hit the table, and I'm sorry about that. It's okay. <laughs> but I bid on it for $17, and I check like two days later, and it goes, you're the winner. So now I have a copy of Battlestar Galactica, the board game, which is apparently one of the best hidden trader games ever and one of the most thematic games ever. If you've ever watched Battlestar Galactica... You will absolutely adore this game. That so says everyone. So I've read through so the rule book. So say we all. And don't worry, Bill. I didn't forget you. That was the end of mine. I know. Not, I know. not the end of the segment. So I went, let's move on. I went through the rule book. It looks amazing, and hopefully we can get everyone together to do it because that rule book took a long time to go through. <laughs> 
How about you, Bill? I, you know, I, I thought you were actually going to try to skip me because you just wanted to avoid the puns that you knew were coming. <laughs> because no, no, no. during the blizzard, during the blizzard, I know I went through a blizzard. I took the bill. Damn it! <laughs> Go ahead. So I went through a, bliz- a, a blizzard of gaming, uh, which I played a whole shit ton of Diablo three over. I was, oh, I was going to say World of War. I was going to say Warcraft instead. I actually, I, I did. I, I quit Warcraft a while ago. I was. I'm, really I'm still clean. For- I was waiting for a pun about I played a bunch of Blizzard games. That was during the pun. That's what it was. He said, the bell. Diablo. I tried to I hit the bell. I took it away. But no, I played, a, I played a bunch of Diablo. The fires of Diablo couldn't even melt the blizzard and melt the snow outside of my house. But besides that, I got in trouble because I watched Jessica Jones and I forgot that the girlfriend was waiting for me to watch it as well. <laughs> but it was so good, I started watching so it. I'm addicting. like, I can't stop. I need to watch more. It's impossible to stop. We were like horrible. Yeah, we just addicted. kept working through that. It was amazing. Yeah, it's so so if you're ever in that situation again, I want to give you this key piece of advice. You just have to remember this phrase. No, babe, I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> the problem is I brought it up. I said, hey, I started watching Jessica Jones. She's like, god damn it. Yes, but see, the bad thing about that is with Netflix, Netflix keep tracks, keeps track of the last uh-huh. episode you watch. Yes. Oh, like a different profile. Different, different <laughs> accounts. We have different Netflix accounts. Or you, so go, there you go, or you so. go, man, why is my brother using my Netflix account? <laughs> <laughs> Well, now, like I said, you brought up Diablo, and you did t- tell me there was something you wanted I, to address with I Diablo. I did, and it's been interesting, because Blizzard has kind of done this thing, and it's... Uh, I haven't seen it in many other games. The only other game I've really seen it in was kind of like League of Legends, which has a has an actual tournament season with professional esports players. But they've done it in Diablo, which they've created seasons, so that season starts, you can't bring one of your characters that you've been playing since the game came out. You have to start a new you start a new fresh character play the game start with that new fresh character and see how far you can get in the game before the season when ends. did that start uh, it's warped to season five in, yeah in diablo 3 it's been going on for about two and a half years i played diablo 3 when it first came out and it wasn't like that oh, they, they changed, they changed, it, changed it they uh, added okay. seasons in probably about a year year and a half into the it game was like okay. they did version two then they did like the expansion then they started seasons but they did the same thing with, like, uh, in World of Warcraft, the PvP. They have PvP seasons where, you know, new season starts and you have to go into the arena and start PvPing with just your, you know, the gear that you have. You don't have the actual PvP or P gear that you can use, which makes you better. And you play against other people and see how far you can get within two, three months. Mm-hmm. I think that's smart. And it got me, like, it got me to come back to Diablo 3. And it got me to come yeah. back so hard and... For What's, like the first, you know, I'm going to be playing hard for about two, three, four weeks. Well, it's, it's kind of like the same idea as DLC. DLC, the whole idea of it is to get you to come back to a game that you probably have put down. Right. Which but the is thing why is, DLC comes out months after the game. The but thing this is, has Blizzard, been out for it's, years. it's free. <laughs> They're <laughs> like, hey, nice. new season, new content, and it's free. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I might have to reinstall Diablo. It's really good. <laughs> come play I, with me. I haven't. I, I well, I, I might have to reinstall. Something else that went down during the blizzard was actually a convention in New Jersey that got canceled for the most part. Um, which was I was the- so waiting for him to say, my wife. <laughs> 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 so, the Heroes and Villains Con in New Jersey was supposed to take place Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I believe. Or was it just Saturday and Sunday? Right? No, I think it was all weekend. It was I an all weekend was- convention. Yeah. So, But the snow that came in Friday, now that con you said was originally started by... Amel it's it's pretty much Barriman. headlined. They're they're the two main forces. It's particularly Amel, but I know Barrowman is behind it too. Uh, they're pretty much the the guys that 
pushed forward with this this convention. It's their idea. There are people that run it for them, obviously because they're already busy and they have other stuff that they have to do. But this con was their idea. So, like I said, with them getting snowed in, nobody could access anything. The con pretty much was non-existent on Saturday, but a lot of the people there... The con actually got canceled on Saturday. It was fully canceled on Saturday, but there were a whole bunch of people that were there at the the host hotel. Yeah, they Um, were stuck there. So... A really com- couple fun like little things kept happening, and if you focused on Stephen Amell or John Berriman's Facebook pages or Twitter pages, you got to see it all. Yeah, oh my God, <laughs> it was fantastic. It was kind of amazing where they kind of took it up, like upon themselves to just make sure the people that were at those hotels were having a blast. Yeah, and it's probably created I think my favorite Blizzard to sit home, look at a computer, and be like. God, I really feel like trekking New Jersey in this mess just to be a part of this. I I spent more time on Facebook on Saturday than I have in a long time. And it was following their pages and all the videos and the posts and the pictures. It was pretty fantastic. And everything. It was all day. It started at like, I think it started at like 6.30 in the morning with Barrowman. And it went all day. And that was him issuing a snow angel uh, challenge. To Stephen Amell. To Stephen Amell <laughs> and the, for the end of the And evening. I don't know if you knew this, but they were actually in separate hotels. I they were all in the that. same hotel. Really? Um, Robbie Amell, Stephen Amell, and Katrina Law were all in a different hotel than Barrowman. But they all trekked through the storm to get into the same hotel. Oh, and hang out. that's adorable. Yeah. That's so precious. Like, I had no you know, during the Knocking Point um, mixer, mm-hmm. they opened that up to pretty much everybody there. They had, like, a special hour only for the people that bought tickets yeah. for it, and then they just opened it up to everybody. But like, Which Amel's, I'm really glad they did, because yeah. I went to the mixer in Philly, and if I paid that amount of money to go to the to, for a ticket to the mixer, just to find out that everybody was invited to it, just because of the storm, I, I would have been a little upset. But, um, but ultimately, though, like, uh, you know, Amel was behind the piano, and Barryman and him were singing, um, like... Do you want to build a snowman? Do you want to build a snowman? Music of the night from Phantom together. I mean, they were, you could tell they were just having an amazing time. It looked um, pretty fantastic. We actually had a friend of ours that was there that kept posting stuff. So was, was jumping hilarious. between their pages and our friend Kelly's page and be like, oh my God, this looks brilliant. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> Um, well, we have two other friends that live up that way too, and I kept <laughs> I kept teasing them. I'm like, "How does it make you feel that you're seeing all this, and you know it's only you're a couple miles away? away. Yeah. <laughs> you could be there right now." Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But so was the so, mad. so the idea about this is, if you guys were at a convention, like, and you got snowed in, what convention would you want to be at, and what are the celebs you would like to have be the ones that entertain you through those days? Walking Dead with Lauren Cohen. Nope. <laughs> Like, I don't even need that. <laughs> Kenny's like, we're a game no, convention, my, nobody. My, my mind just went, no, no, there's so many celebrities that want to be snowed in. And they're all wearing bikinis and are beautiful. <laughs> but no, you're right. If I had to choose one convention, it probably would be Dice Tower Con to just have so many games and just have so many people there that want to play the games. And that would keep me entertained forever. I don't know. That's a really tough one. I mean, yeah. I, I would still choose Walking Dead because I could hang out with Norman Reedus and a bunch of other guys, but mainly yeah. Lauren Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you have no idea what convention, like Dragon Con or something like that? Or... Sure, something like Dragon Con would be cool, but well, it's not going to happen. Keep, keep thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. Keep thinking about it. You'll come back to it. I'd say I'd probably love a Star Trek convention. I mean, a Star Trek convention would be awesome. An anime convention would also be awesome because you could have all the anime rooms where you could watch anime because they have the gaming rooms as well. Star right. Trek conventions, at least the one I've been to, didn't really have that. They just had panels and stuff, but they also had, you know, 
the the captains. They had the captains. They had you know the one I went to had uh, Kirk and you know William Shatner and and Brent Spiner. Um, although I think I'd really love to be snowed in in a convention. George Takei. George Takei and Patrick Stewart. That'd be awesome. That would actually. be pretty cool. Uh, you know, I would say honestly, if it had to be convention, it would be Star Wars Celebration. Um, even though it's always in Anaheim or like Florida, but wasn't it also in Vegas? Uh, it may have been, but like okay. still, we're still talking about places that don't see snow ever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, if it was whatever it was, and it was snowed in, everybody says that apparently is the best convention. I mean, they could get snow the day after tomorrow. Is that a pun, right? Uh, the day after tomorrow, I, I, I got it. So, but again, like I think it would be that because everybody says it's something amazing when you're at a specific focused con for one thing and one thing alone because everybody is there for one reason and it always seems to go off the rails really quick. Like you hear about that, like we heard that from our um, Ashley and Paul that did Regeneration Who for us, yeah, and they were like, it was amazing because everybody's there for one reason, and everybody's like, okay, cool, now let's just have way too much fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like a board game convention or anything like that. Everybody's there for a specific reason. When it's a big, huge thing like Comic Con, it's like, oh well, here's this TV show, these video games, yeah, this, this, and this. You have a lot more options of people you can get snowed in with, though, at a bigger con, like, like Comic-Con or, or something yeah. like that. But again, if you could get snowed in at a convention with all most of the Star Wars cast and a whole bunch of crazy Star Wars fans, probably be a lot of fun. Yeah. And again, we're talking, like, these cons, like, you know, Heroes and Villains, it was fairly small because not a lot of people got there. So we're talking the same situation. Like, and the cast was Maybe, pro- like, 200 people were there with you and all of these big celebs that are like, let's just have fun. And the and the celebrities that were there were mainly Arrow and Flash. I mean, yep. they yeah. were focused on the DC shows, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Hmm. Barrowman and Papa Joe and Sing Along Time. Got to throw Grant Gustin in if you're gonna yes. if you're gonna do a yes. so Grant Gustin, and Jesse L. Martin, and John Barrowman just serenading you all weekend. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> totally. Happy. Hosting karaoke in the lounge. Yes. <laughs> Well, because I brought up Star Wars, though, um, one of the other points that I'm sorry we're moving kind of quick again tonight. Um, one of the conversations me and Bill were having last night and I was having with Kat as well is it's kind of funny. We're now kind of in a new era of film. Um, you know, like we were in the big nostalgia kick, like maybe like the last pe- like last 10 years. And while that's still kind of true, it's also become the era of fan film. Because most of the people that are writing the scripts or shooting the films or the people behind the scenes, they're now creating something like the next chapter of something that they grew up loving so there's a lot more care going into a lot of things than we didn't see in the past like look at like um you know deadpool uh like the director miller like he's like 50 years old and the reason that he's doing this movie and he's never shot a feature film before in his life is because him and his effects house created a video a year ago of a cg deadpool sequence that freeway scene Oh, That's the only reason I this movie's happening. Oh, like, yeah. I want to make this movie. Let us do this. And, and they saw the shots. And they were brilliant about that, too, because they leaked it online, and they labeled it as lost footage from the supposed Deadpool, Deadpool movie, movie they were starting. And that wasn't the case at all. They specifically shot this to leak it online That's to get so this clever. movie started. But, wow. like, the movie Creed. Like, yeah. this was... A guy in his, like, you know, like the, I forget the director's name offhand. Um, I actually just watched Creed. Creed is a fantastic movie. It was was good. I say it's fantastic. It was good. (laughs) It was good. I can't can't remember. It's no Furious 7. (laughs) (laughs) Even Ben's against you now. No, I like Furious 7. Yes, no. But like I said, like Creed, it was written by two friends, and it got online, and people were like, wow, this is ingenious. 
These kids wrote this amazing script for a new Rocky movie that's re- revitalizing the franchise from scratch. And they and turned it into a really big movie that Neil Sylvester Stallone is potentially up for an Oscar. He's going to win the Oscar for it. I'm making that prediction for it right Kat, now. Kat, do you want to get it in now? What? Uh, the thing I was saying yesterday. Yeah. An Oscar for Oscar. Anyone see his movie? I've seen Oscar. Oscar yes. <laughs> it's um, him and Marissa. I, I think Marissa. Is it Marissa Tomei? In that movie too? I forget who else was in it, but Tim Curry was Tim in Curry it. Tim Curry was in it, and he was awesome. Oscar yes, was Oscar. I remember was Oscar. That's a very underrated. Oh, it's brilliant! Oh my god, it's so horrible funny. movie, but it's, it's very amazing. underrated. It's so good. It's, good. it's incredibly. It's, cheesy, a, it's, it's almost so as good, good as Over the Top. Anyway, yes. <laughs> but like Star Wars Episode Seven, Abrams was afraid to take that job because he's such a Star Wars fan, and he had to create the next version. So, like, that's kind of the world we're living in now. It's I, I it goes from execs being let's be nostalgic to. Now we're a little bit past that point where, like, the people that can make movies that are in their, like, late 30s, 40s are like, I can make the movie I've wanted to make since I was a kid. But I think to a degree, it's oversaturated with it. I mean, we're seeing more reboots and sequels than we're seeing anything original now. Yeah. Deadpool, I can understand. Deadpool's never been done on the big screen. Mm -hmm. At least in its own franchise, it's never been done. And it's being done right this time as a rated R action comedy. Ghostbusters, it, we don't need another Ghostbusters. We don't. There's really a, now there's rumor, it was originally rumored that it was going to be a Labyrinth reboot, but they've since come out and said it's going to be a sequel. And now Kat was saying that it's oh, apparently no. been... Apparently, I didn't know it was... Okay. I only heard that the reboot was a no. No, yeah, they... That's they, what I brought up to you. They, they issued the statement and they actually said... It was Entertainment Weekly actually broke the news that they were incorrect in how the statement was interpreted... It's not going to be a reboot. It's going to be a sequel to Labyrinth. Either way, it does. It's well, unnecessary. We're getting, unnecessary. We're getting another never-ending story, and it's what? going to be a fresh take of that. Really? Apparently. That was this late this past week. I don't need it. That's fucking. Sick, if I man. see the reboot of something, does it count for seeing the original as well? No. 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 Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What are you thinking about? I still haven't seen Never-Ending Story. Damn it! You've no. never seen Never-Ending Story. It's on my list. Oh, my oh, list man. is terrible. You know this. You all know it's this. true. You're adding Velvet Goldmine to the list. It's added. Right? It's been on the list. I will it's say, however, now. though, there are exceptions where sometimes the sequel is almost making up for mistakes that the original made. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Teenage 2. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. If the first one... That's not what you're thinking. You didn't like the first one? No, the first one was horrible. I liked the first one. If this, if this second one is anything like I'm anticipating it to be... No, no, no. This no, is wait, what wait. the first one should have we're been. We're talking about the first one from the 80s. No, we're so. talking about the the, the, the one from reboot. like two years right. ago. Because I was about to say, you're putting Vanilla Ice and his <laughs> Go Ninja Go Ninja Go above I... the original? The only reboot that I saw that I thought was actually better than the original was Fright Night. Fright oh, Night was fantastic. Fright Night, really the remake, was actually really, really good. But you only be say fair, that because of David Tennant. No, no not it even. was really good. Anton Yelchin's the shit. He's fantastic. I love him. I loved him in Odd Thomas as well. Yeah, he's in a lot of he's, very odd he's stuff, wonderful. but he's really good. But um, um, no, they just did a fantastic job. We'll with take it. like the character, like and the evil I had a Ed character writer, too. Yeah, the evil Ed character that was really obnoxious in the original that ended up being um, it was McLovin. I can yeah. never remember the Christopher Mince Plots or something like that. Mince Meat. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like, they did his character drastically better. Like, he played it the way that, like, it wasn't over-the-top and obnoxious. Yeah. Well, the writing was really good. It was an old Buffy writer, Marty Noxon, who was doing a lot of the writing. And so you can see the... I mean, obviously, the writer has experience writing vampire shit. And like, they did a good job. did a great job. The original I like... movie is so painful. 
It's painful it's so because painful. it's not of your generation. I mean, I'm a, I'm a That's little fair. older, and I yeah. I like the original. But See, I'm also a, a horror fan, so I like those kind of campy... But it's a little different, though, of, like, the old Fright Night, while it's fun to an extent watching now... It's fun to make fun But, like, of. there's certain ones that really still stand out. Like, you can go back and watch, like, Monster Squad. And that's still fun Monster to watch. Monster Squad is, is uh, like, great movie. Goonies is still fun to watch. You go back and watch Fright Night, you can go in a room and, with those other two. Most people will enjoy those movies. Some people won't. Uh, but that's, like, any movie. But, like, going back now and all watching the original Fright Night, most Everyone's people pick it apart like, like an MST3K uh, movie now. Yeah. Yeah. And that but, doesn't speak well for a movie holding through But it's time. almost like it's almost like studios nowadays are putting time limits on movies like they'll be like okay this movie's 15 years old so now we can do a reboot of it because they know how much money they can make from it. And that's, that's the problem the with Hollywood now is it's more about it's it's more about money now than actual entertainment. Which is why I'm actually much more now into independent films than I am big. But yeah. there are certain ex- exceptions, obviously. The Marvel movies, Star Wars, I'll, I'll go to all the time. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's I'm going to a screening. And, Bill, you're actually coming with me yep. next week. We're going to the screening of Hail Caesar, which is the new Coen Brothers movie. Totally original movie, comedy. I can't wait to see it. And yeah. I chose it as big of a zombie fan as I am. I had a choice between that or Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. Zombies have been done to death. I love the zombie and genre. And zombies isn't that great either. I read the book. I so did I. And not that great. but I mean, I'd much rather go to a theater to see something original than something I can watch at home that's been done a hundred oh, yeah. times. So I'm looking forward to next week. I am too. I mean, and really, the Coen Brothers haven't let me down. The only no. time I've really ever felt burned was with <laughs> Burn After Reading. <Burn-Hefer-Hefer-Hefer-Hefer. laughs> Although it did have an awesome moment where Brad Pitt gets killed in a car. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> How about, how about you? What's your thoughts on this, Kenny? Uh, I was sitting there quietly listening because no one really addressed the issue that I have with Fury it. 7. Fury <laughs> 7 was good. Sorry. But it wasn't a remake of anything. No, it wasn't. It was, it was a remake the of the first six movies. <laughs> <laughs> totally different plot. They didn't drop cars out of the air. Family. Cars. Family. More cars. <laughs> But the, um, yeah, I, I, there's certain things, like, I can't deny, I want to see the Deadpool movie. I think that looks fantastic, and I like the idea of taking some of these things that weren't in the movie genre and putting them into the movie genre, but at the same time, I want to see some new stuff. I want to see some things I've never seen. I'm tired of seeing a storyline that I already know how it's going to end because I remember it from when I was a kid. Hit me with yeah. something new. Hit me with something fresh. That's what I said. I said that earlier. I don't listen I said... to things you said. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I said there's, no, I there's not enough originality in Hollywood. Yeah. Like, the kind of big hope right now is, like, again, Star Wars was now the fact that it's it's closing in on number two film remote, like, like to make the most money worldwide. Like, we're only talking, like, 200 million away from breaking Titanic at this point. I thought it had already broke Titanic. Well, it did global like well, not globally. Domestically. Yeah. It Dom- did okay. domestically. It's beaten Avatar domestically. Yeah. It's it's That's we're talking right. worldwide now. Okay. It's still in the number 3 spot but not far away from being in number 2. Um the question is I'm wondering if we're going to start now seeing a new renaissance of sci-fi, like hardcore hardcore sci-fi again on the screen because this like Guardians of the Galaxy was big proof. This is another follow-up proof. Um, that we're now getting to that point where it's Star Wars is not going to be the only thing that's going to dominate the sci-fi box office every year. I mean, think about Harry Potter and what that did, and we started seeing For a lot more fantasy stuff coming back big time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter were massively responsible for that. 
Yeah. Guardians and Star Wars, I think, are going to create a next huge wave. I'll, I'll give you a prime example of what I mean about how originality, and this is another problem with, with you know, originality in, in film and stuff like that. Well, how it's money over entertainment. P- these these company these movie companies are making these movies that people will go see, like the Ghostbusters reboot or like Never Ending Story. It's a short thing because it's it's something that people remember. It's a story, like you said, that they already know because people have the short attention span now. Where they only want to go see what they got, what they already know. It's it's mindless entertainment. You take a movie, and this is the prime example I'm thinking of, like Birdman, that won the Oscar. Completely original film, never been told yeah. before, and it's one of those movies that you either love it or you cannot stand it. And the people that couldn't stand that movie are the people that go and see all these other reboots and remakes and sequels because they can't sit and sit through something original. They can't process it. I can't say because I didn't watch Birdman, but I did watch the trailer and went, I don't think that looks good at all. I so maybe it. it was marketed the wrong way. It could have been. When I even saw like, from the trailers, though, like I was hooked. I was like, this looks brilliant. What, Birdman? Mm-hmm. I saw it in theater. I went to a screening of it, and I it did, loved it. It did nothing for me. Yeah, I was actually in. Like, the, the, it didn't feel, I don't feel like the story hooked me, but then, to be fair, I don't know if it would in general. Like, I like original content, though, and that's usually why I, like... You know, I seek it out on, like, Netflix and things like that, and it's showing because, like, how popular Netflix original series have become. We were talking about that the other day, but, like, they're hugely popular because people want new stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, I see that. Well, on that topic, but taking you to the small screen and jumping back to something Kat brought up earlier, do you think the Shannara Chronicles is going to have some kind of resurgence for, to put it in no uncertain terms, Dungeons & Dragons? hope so it's it's think about it, it's druids it's elves it's, it's warriors it's, it's from rangers that era it is D. there's big D&D terry brooks show. has been writing for i think over 30 years the guy has a long like sort of shinara came out in maybe early 80s but um like he was definitely hardcore inspired by all that stuff so it's kind of nice seeing all that like resurgence in that way but with a different spin it makes me wonder though is that going to push push the younger generation who is watching that into the more nerdier culture. Of... I hope so. Well, most likely, because <laughs> like, you have, like, the World of Warcraft movie is coming. Uh, there's big rumors that they're getting ready to do a new D&D movie, and they said they want to do it in a hardcore D&D kind of way. Yeah, I've heard it's supposed to be really good. They're, they're going to completely go the opposite direction of the past ones, which were cheesy and stupid. And oh, so you mean it's it not going to have a Wayne's brother in it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On on a gaming movie note, what was the movie we watched on Netflix that I really liked? Knights of Badassdom. I that's an original fucking movie. Love Knights of Badassdom. Oh my god, Badassdom. it's so good. It's I amazing. love that movie. Freaking Peter Dinklage tripping Peter on troops. It is, is the best example of LARPing I've ever seen. Jimmy in a movie. Simpson is that's great an original in that movie. movie. That was fucking awesome. Yeah. It had um, and it's it's another summer class. Summer class. question. Yeah. How well known is it, and how well did it do? Original movie. I think it was well. a. It was um, an indie film. It was an indie film, and it's yeah. on Netflix. And it so was that's done. How I found and it. it was done by fans of the genre. I know. And they were able to in the right way, where yes. like role models makes fun of the idea of LARPing. Yeah, I didn't yes. like that. But in um. But like geeks were like, oh my god, yay, we know this, and they gravitated and to it because they don't have any other. It is, but I mean, they, they don't have anything else LARP. to look at. Even in role models, while they spoofed LARPing, they still did it in a in a good enough way that, like, even by the end of the movie, the characters that were making fun of it were having fun doing it by the end of the movie. So, I mean, granted, it's there's more LARPing aspects to it in Knights of Badassdom, but 
I don't think it. I don't think role models completely made fun of. Oh no, it, it it didn't. But I mean, it started off that way, and then you're like, oh, this is fun in the same way like the community D and D episodes where we're half the cast are like, this is retarded, and then you're like, the end, like this is brilliant. Yeah, this was no, we all love this for this reason, and it's that love is showing through with what they're doing mm-hmm. constantly. But they also were poking fun at it in the ways that they, like anybody that's played this stuff and has played it in public feels that way somewhere in the corner of their head, and they address it, and they addressed it well. It's kind of like the movie Fanboys. Fanboys was yes. a brilliantly original movie that... Such a good movie. ...made fun of what some Star Wars geeks are like and Trek geeks are like, but they understand it, and they address it in a really fun way, and still, at the end of it, you really cared about those characters from start to finish. You didn't question that stuff. Knights of Badass, yeah, there was some stuff that was a little rougher around the edges, but it was, it was still hilarious. a lot of fun. Shut your oh, yeah. poor mouth. Oh, I, I loved it. You've also made me watch that about 20 times. <laughs> it makes me so happy. And it's good every time you watch it. I know. 20 it's times awesome. or not. Rob's like, no more. <laughs> I could probably watch it again now. <laughs> but there was a while There's where anytime anybody period. new came over to our house, it was like, have you ever seen this movie? We're going to sit down and watch. Like, I watched it six times this week. Why? I, that was one of those movies that I could not wait to see. And the moment, the day it released on Blu-ray, I went out and I bought it. Because oh, I knew awesome. I, I wanted no to see it. I had no idea about it at all. And I stumbled upon it on Netflix. Yeah. And I was like, what is this? It's great. There's a lot of hidden gems on Netflix. There you'd are. be surprised about Like The Ridiculous Six? Believe it or not, was actually kind of funny. It had its moments. It wasn't great. Coming from the man who also enjoyed Pixels. He did we also enjoy Pixels. I liked Pixels. It had its moments. Never saw it. I'm, I'm, I, got a, I got a soft spot for Sandler. I can't help it. Coming from the man who also likes Fast and Furious 7. <laughs> There's nothing <laughs> wrong. It was good. And it's just Furious 7. They still haven't seen it. I know. You can't judge a movie you've never seen. Hey, Paul borrowed the Blu-ray from Kenny. I watched it, and he turned to me, and he was like, that was one of the worst things I've ever seen, (laughs) ever. You are also talking to a guy that, and this is a little bit of a side story, but I'll go over it very, very quickly. Uh, A couple years back, I started a script uh, that was a combination of Super Troopers meets Mall Rats, and it was about mall security that stop a burglary. That eventually became Paul Blart Mall Cop. That got produced before I was finished my script. And I swore up and down, they stole my fucking script. They stole my script. Because it was about a bank in a mall that got robbed. They weren't on segways or anything. But, so Did you also I was, work on one where he was going to Vegas? No, Sorry. I didn't. So I was so adamant that I'm never going to watch Paul Blart. I'm never going to watch Paul Blart. And eventually I gave it a shot and I actually enjoyed it. Oh, Ben, we used yeah. to be friends. <laughs> I will say this, though, um, as far as we're talking about movies, I don't know whether you guys are going to down it or not. Down it. White House Down. I liked it. That was good. Everybody says White House Down is a better Die Hard than Die Hard recently. No, not better than It's not better than Die Hard, but it's it's the same style as Die Hard. If you like Die Hard, you'll like White House Down. And again, it goes to the whole, what we were talking about off air, um, the switch being flipped on Channing Tatum. About how we're sold on Channing Tatum. He is the main guy in that movie, and he's awesome. He was good. He's he was really funny. good in it. He was like I said, I hate to keep pushing comic book movies, but I kind of want to see his version of Gambit. I do too. Yeah, yeah. And like as many times as we go to the movies and see a you know comic book trailer after comic book trailer, like you're like, oh, another one of these. And then you're like, some of the come up though. Sometimes you're like, I kind of want to see them. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I think I'm done on like the X Men movies. I'll watch them when they come to video. But I think I'm done seeing them. In yeah, the after, after Apocalypse, I think I think I'm, I'm not going. I've to, had my fill. I didn't see Days of Future Past in the theater, and I was okay with that. I didn't see First Class in the theater. I watched them First on Class home, was and I enjoyed them. Though. But I'm 
kind of okay that I didn't see them in the theater. Like Ant-Man, I didn't see in the theater. We watched it at home and I was like, oh, that was cute. But I think it would have been a little angry if I spent 14 bucks on it. Well, see, that's the advantage is I go to a lot of screeners and I don't have to pay. That's so, fair. Yeah. If I didn't have to pay, I'd be fine. I will admit that for 95% of the movies, I, co- I go to a lot of screens yes, as well. And when I come back, I look at people and I go, it's good. I wouldn't pay for it, though. <laughs> if yeah. I say I'd pay for it, it's a good movie. But yeah, a lot of movies out there just aren't worth it. It's like, it's sort of entertaining. It's sort of entertaining, but it doesn't feel like they really tried. Well, Kenny came out of Furious 7 and said, pay for this movie three times. It was good. <laughs> I didn't say pay for it three times, but I said, this is a good film. <laughs> so, I mean, like, kind of like, I guess maybe what we're saying is maybe fan fans, uh, fan films deserve to just stay on YouTube. Or do you think some, some of them some. do? Or some do no. and some. I think Deadpool is going to be fantastic. Yeah. And that's a fan film. But like what I said before, it's not a, it's not just a reboot. And I don't know for sure, but are they really going to just follow the original comic book series? Or are they going to kind of take it off the rails a little bit? I think it's are a they, little bit of both. But are they actually going to follow the comic book? Are they going to you know say, okay, Deadpool was great. Let's make a Deadpool 2. Are they I going think to Deadpool that? 2 is probably already in pre-production yeah. at this point because of the hype of Deadpool. It's going to make the money. As they, long as the studio knows it's going to make the money they want, they will write a sequel. They've already had the best advertising campaign I have ever seen. It oh, yeah. Really I, watched yeah. A, yeah. I watched a clip. Oh, my God. I watched a clip the other night that had me in hysterics by the end of it. And it's a whole Valentine's theme behind it where it's Ryan Reynolds and Marina Baccarin in bed together. And they're like... He, like, proposes to her with a ring pop, and she says to him, where were you hiding that? And he says, nowhere, and it immediately goes to the back to the back of him where he's wearing no pants. <laughs> I'm like, I have to see this movie just because of that clip. But, like, I mean, like, some of, like, the best posters they've done in billboards, so they, they've had the emoji one. I don't know if anybody's seen that, where it was the dead one? face, the, like, the smiling poo, and just the letter L, like, letter L. Yeah. And then they had one that was like, True Love Never Dies, and it was like the romantic shot. Then they had the Nicholas Sparks-esque looking one. Mm-hmm. And some of them didn't even say Deadpool on them. And it was just uh-huh. brilliant. Really yeah. My favorite still is the Mary Poppins one that's currently going around. I There's one of Deadpool one. jumping off of a building with an umbrella. It looks like he's floating like Mary Poppins. And he's holding, instead of the carpet bag, a machine gun. And well, like, they're, they're marketing it brilliantly because they're marketing it as a Valentine's Day movie. movie. Yeah, so that guys can get their girlfriends to go see it and have no idea what they're going to see. Until they're in the theater, and I love it. Double or triple date. We're doing Deadpool a triple date movie, definitely. for Valentine's Day weekend. Yeah, I think I'm going to see that with uh, someone, too. <laughs> I'll go by myself. Aww. You know what You know what this comes down to is this is making me uh, realize I like the idea of character reboots with different stories. Yeah. Like, give me Ghostbusters in a completely new story. You mean with four females? Not with that. Oh. <laughs> give me, uh, give me Deadpool in a story that was never in the comics. Give me, uh, give me Creed, a whole like a, a character we kind of know, but it's a whole new story. I'm okay with things like that. Well, Creed wasn't even a character we knew. I mean, well, that it's was just based a, off a character. They built, we know. It, in, the they built it in the world. It was a character. Yeah. Then you you flip the di- like dynamic completely. I mean, it's a brilliant idea. You have. So basically what you're saying is you'd like to see the Ghostbusters as ghosts, Deadpool in <laughs> space, cool. and Creed in a street fight against 15 guys Deadpool at once. I would be okay with I that. would see each one of those movies okay, probably. Right. Yeah. No, I just, I like the idea of, of, you can use this as a basis 
to make your own cool movie. But don't just copy a movie that's already been done. I have like five different scripts in the works, and they're all original pieces. Speaking I just can't of, finish them. Speaking uh, of original films out in theaters, did anyone see Krampus while that no. was out? That was because that wonderful. was an original film by a super super talented director, and it was and so. Who also wrote the film, uh, which is Mike, uh, Michael Doherty. He was responsible okay. for a Halloween movie that was a uh, called Trick or Treat a couple years back. Which was brilliant. It was done in that like creep show esque style. It was all these vignettes, but he actually had his tied together, together yeah. in like a Tarantino esque kind of way. And he did a movie, a Christmas movie, in the same kind of not like not Brown the vignette Christmas style, movie. but it was a little bit of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and it was a little bit of Trick or Treat, Burton esque, and then old school fun twisted horror. With that twisted campfire ending of things going horribly oh God, wrong. So and good. it was wonderfully done. Yeah. It was really... And again, it was just nice seeing something absolutely new. I genuinely didn't know how it was going to end. It was nice being surprised. Like, that was cool. Yeah, it was really amazing. Um, oh, feels <laughs> <Bill, Bill's laughs> like I got nothing. I got nothing. She's like a meatball. Well, um... Why don't we go? I was going to give you. I was actually... Actually, I had a, I had a good segue for you. Go for it. Oh, Talking yeah. about, you know, yeah. th- movies like Deadpool... Deadpool, I heard this, and I don't know if it's true, but there were a whole bunch of, like, moms lobbying for the fact that, you know, Deadpool's a rated R movie. Yeah. We want it to be rated PG-13 so we can bring our kids well, to it. They wanted a PG-13 version to get so released. that they could get the families there. But they stuck to their guns and they said, no, Deadpool's a rated R fucking movie because there's going to be a lot of blood, a lot of guts, a lot of gore, a lot of Deadpool saying, fuck even a lot of bare I, ass, apparently. A lot of bare ass. Even though I would have loved a Deadpool movie where he goes the entire movie trying to avoid saying the word fuck because <laughs> it's a PG-13 movie. And then Wolverine walks in and says, oh, fuck this shit. And Deadpool's just like, just livid with himself because he didn't get to use it. PG-13, you're allowed one. Yep. Yep. You're allowed oh, one. I did not know that. Which, Interesting. Uh, now I won't even go into it. <laughs> but what's interesting about that, though, too, because this goes to what our next topic is as well, the fact that you bring this up. Because the reason that they did make it a rated R movie is because the fans kept saying, you better do this as an R-rated film because it's the only way to do the character proper. And they said, and it was a big deal. Like, they did a little video of Ryan Reynolds sitting on the set uh, behind the scenes and kind of like, well, the movie's going to be rated PG-13. And as he's talking, somebody comes dressed in a devil costume and knocks him out. And I'm like, fuck that. The movie's going to be rated R. (laughs) And... (laughs) And everybody was like, that's amazing. They're doing the R-rated Deadpool movie that everybody wanted. And as soon as you get that, you get a whole bunch of fans come out and be like, we want a PG-13 version. It wasn't just moms. There was fans that said, we want a PG-13 version. And I'm like, you can't get both. Not mom. Who who was not a mom that wanted a PG-13 version? There was 13-year-olds. YouTube celebs, anybody under 17. Unless they go with a parent. Did something happen when I remember being 15 and just going up to the ticket counter and being like, I'd like a ticket to this R-rated movie. And they're like, okay. And you just go in. It's no different than a couple weeks ago. We had a petition on change.org because there's... God, I hate change.org. It's the worst site that could possibly exist because everybody unites under the dumbest things ever. Like, hey, let's replace the director of episode 9, Colin Trevorrow, with George Lucas. They said he should have a part in this. And Does anybody remember the last three Star Wars movies he was responsible for? Does anybody else remember the fact that he sold his rights to it? He has no longer has the right to do anything to it if Disney does not want him to be a part of it. But, like, you know, people would lose their shit and said, hey, we're going to boot Colin Trevorrow off of this movie and bring George Lucas in. Everybody would lose their shit. 
Um, so, like, the idea of what we want to get into is creators listening to the fan communities and fan feedback. And specifically along those lines is where it's really helped a show or a movie or where it's really hurt a show or a movie. I mean, maybe also as well as books or, like, games. Like, people were kind of like, I always wanted to see this happen. I wanted to see this happen. And then, you know, everybody keeps talking about this online now where we have all these unified voices. And then this creator's like, oh, that'd be a great idea. We didn't think about this, but let's find a way to shoehorn this in or change the plot of our show to focus around, like, the breakout stars that everybody loves and adores. I think if if we're going to do this, I mean, why don't you bring up the classic show of Lost where everyone is convinced that the writers had no idea what they were doing and they would go on the message boards to see what the fans thought and then would go, that's kind of a cool idea. Let's use that. Are you saying that's what they did, or are you saying that's what everybody claimed that they did? That's what people claim that okay. they did. I mean, I can give you a prime example right off the bat of something I think where the fans actually had a um, a say in what happened is Community. No, I agree. Com- community was great for the first couple seasons, and then Dan Harmon left the series because he had issues with um, Chevy Chase on with, set with Chevy Chase and with there. and with some and with the studio itself. The last season with without him wasn't that great. Season four, yeah. yeah. Wasn't that great? They brought Community back to Yahoo. They brought Dan Harmon back. And the fifth season on Yahoo, while it was short in the season, was better than the fourth season. But unfortunately, he kind of ended up still with the leftovers of who was left on the cast. Because a majority majority of the cast had left at that point. Right. So, I mean, like, you're kind of starting from scratch at that point. It's kind of like, um, you know, fans really falling in love with the TV show. Like, uh, you know, I'm going to try to stretch this on because I know Kat's going to want to get into this and she had to step step out for a second. But uh, Scrubs. Scrubs was an amazing comedy, that a sitcom that a lot of people really loved. We don't talk about the final season. Because it doesn't exist in our brains No, anymore. it does not. Because Scrubs was a show that its ratings kept going up and up and up, and everybody was like, more Scrubs, I'm really sad the show is going to end, and all these things. And they said, well, we don't have to end it. Yeah. And they said, we're going to continue the show now with a whole new cast of characters and tweak everybody. Uh, we're talking about Scrubs. Okay. Um, and like, you know... JD and the main characters had their end point. That show ended, and they said they were going to call it something different, and they said nobody's going to know what this is. And the network's like, oh, well, let's continue Scrubs. The fans want more Scrubs, and they attempted to do that. that. So and it dumb. was horrendous. Season that 9 of Scrubs is, like I said, we always joke. The dumbest joke, of dumbs. It doesn't exist. No, it doesn't. No. Um, another show I think that's been highly hindered against fan, fan outcry is because they changed an idea How I Met Your Mother. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> How I Met Your Mother was a sitcom that everybody loved, and because everybody loved Robin and Barney's character, and when they got together, and that was never their intentions and plans, they played into it. They knew the ending of the show. Which fucking ruined their ending, yeah. And because the fans loved these characters together for so long, and they kept focusing on it, and they did an entire season about just the two of them, the final season. Yeah. And that was also one that should have only been, like... It should not have gone on as long as it did, and that also hindered the ending that they were, like, desperate to cling to. So, you know, like, there was a lot of... Yeah, fans in love with Barney and Robin, and then the show ends with Ted and Robin. Big spoilers if you're in the middle of the show. Sorry. <laughs> who, I'm going to tell you this now. You're going to get to the end of it and really be very upset with it. Um, it's the fact that 22 minutes can really destroy an entire series. Yeah. I'll give you two sam- two examples, though, on the opposite end of that, where... Characters who became fan favorite characters ended up changing the series. Uh, one of them is going back to Lost. The character of Ben Linus uh, was only supposed to be in a three episode arc of really? that show. 
but huh. was so good at portraying that character really that they wrote him as a permanent character. And he very quickly became one of my favorite characters yeah. in that show. He's... Not just because I share a name. Um, <laughs> but another example of that, too, is, um, and we talk about this a little bit in the in DC Primetime, is... You had a bunch of characters from Flash and Arrow that became favorite sh- that f- became favorite characters, but weren't necessarily part of the main storyline with Black Canary, not necessarily Black Canary, but with Heatwave and Captain Cold, two characters the from Adam. Flash that everybody loved, and a- and Adam that pretty much had run their course on those shows, are now part of another show where they're the main characters Which in DC's awesome. Legends of Tomorrow. The Flash is the same way. People saw. Well, Grant Gustin, they, they, they knew they were going to do that with Grant Gustin. Um, another really good example of that is um, Spike from Buffy. He, his character was supposed Moved over to, to be, Angel. Well, no, but his character originally when they, was only supposed to be in that first episode that he was in. Oh, it would have been so And he did that. so well in it, and people loved it so much that they kept him in, brought him back. And again, he was, suppo- he was only supposed to be for a small portion, but he just jived so well, and they... Continued on with them. I hate to rain, you know, on parades and stuff like that, but I think that we, we're kind of skewing towards the fans have a more negative effect on things. Like in gaming, there's a lot of games out there that fans have had input to that the games have just tanked afterwards. Yeah. You give, uh, me, give me a couple of good examples. Well, World of Warcraft is one, th- one big thing. Yes, the game's been going strong for 10 years, but there's so many people that came in in the very beginning and said, we love this game. We love how technical it is. We love how hard it is. And then time went on and, oh, look, we're losing losing subscribers. Let's make the game easier for everybody. And it wasn't really a fan response. And all the, because the fan response was, no, what are you doing? Why are you making it this way? But, you know, the the overall, the, the fans' money response was, no, we don't like it because it's too hard. Make it easier. Um, what other games? Well, Star Wars, uh, the old MMO I used to play, Star Wars Galaxies. Yeah. It was the first Star Wars MMO. Everybody complained that it was impossible to become a Jedi because the designers just pretty much wanted was. to do that. They wanted to make them rare. Incredibly, incredibly rare. That makes you sense. had 10 skill trees or 12 skill trees in the game. You had to find mm-hmm. holocrons that told you two skill trees you had to master. And the third one said, you Nothing. need to figure it out. It was blank. So you had to master every skill tree in the game until the holocron activated. And it was luck of the draw. Some people had to play it forever and ever and ever and ever to be able to get that to activate. And all of a sudden, one day they said, well, people were upset about this. They flipped the switch. If you want to be a Jedi, everybody can be a Jedi. Oh, and the community lost their fucking so minds. Bad. They brought in a lot of subscribers, but the people that helped build that game... And kept it alive for so long, all were like, fuck this. The table, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of gaming in general that isn't produced by the indie community. Like the the main, you know, triple A games that are more grossly affected by the fan base because they make these games I like I remember growing up games were hard as all hell. And then people wanted to buy and beat games, so they started making games easier and easier so that everybody could beat them. (laughs) Go ahead and start talking. Everyone looks to me. I don't really play video games anymore because they bore the shit out of me because of how easy they are. And I remember I used to be able to go somewhere and be like, dude, I beat Ninja Gaiden. And people would be like, holy fuck, dude, he's a good gamer. No, like, no one beats that game. That's amazing. Now you can go somewhere and just be like, hey, uh, 
I beat the new Star Wars movie or this new Star Wars video game, and like a five year old kid will be like, "Yeah, I beat it too." Like it's they make it so the story is more important than the gameplay. They want everyone to know the story, so they make it so easy so you can all see the story. I want the gameplay. I want a game that's different. Di- if you aren't good enough to beat the game, if you aren't willing to spend the hours and hours to get your skill level up enough to beat that next level, you don't deserve to know the rest of the story. That's one of the reasons why when I play games now, I usually start on the hardest difficulty. Because I like the challenge of playing well, through the game. I think the one thing that's kind of nice is the gaming landscape also has changed a lot, though. There is a game type for everything. It's not just beat this level, we're going to throw all the hard things at you with the indie game scene now. Like, there are games that are purely story-based. That are, like, think about, like, games that we grew up with, like some of us grew up with at this table, like Myst, um, Monkey Island. These were basically story-based games. You had to use your brains for some of them, but some of them, for the most part, are just, you know... Here's a couple basic puzzles, but we're going to tell you the whole story. There's so walk- like the Tales of the Borderlands game. You're Tales of the Borderlands, like Telltale yeah. games. Like a lot of people out there played Walking Dead a couple of years ago. I have Walking it's, Dead seasons really one and two. Game. I'm, I'm playing Game of Thrones right now. Uh, and Telltale. They're really very good. easy games because it's basically contextual. It's point and click. But you know that's how they pitch their games. Is we're telling you a story. It's an interactive story. That is a different type of game. But I do agree with Kenny though on the same level of, and when you can pick up a game and anybody can beat it. Why are you playing certain games nowadays? Like the action, the action genre game, uh, game series have just seemed to fall apart. They're no longer a challenge. Well, there's but a couple there's exceptions. Ones, there's a couple exceptions. Uncharted, I think, is an exception to Uncharted that. Uncharted right was now. easy. Well, well, I will the, say the if first you remember, one, maybe. If you remember Deus Ex, mm-hmm. Deus Ex, I love that game, and the only reason I loved it for anyone that's not aware, Deus Ex, you can. You get these things called Praxis Points, and you get a Praxis Point, and you can use it to upgrade your character, and he can move silently, or he can turn himself invisible, or he gets all these superpowers and everything. Uh, I beat the game by, A, ghosting every level, which means I was able to find a way to avoid killing and avoid being seen by everyone, which made it challenging, and B, when I finished the game, I had used, like six Praxis points and had 28 points or something still to spend that I never used because I don't want them. It makes the game easy. Let me beat the game without these, like, cheap things. Well, that's that's one of the reasons I know a prime example. And One of the games that I actually do like that's similar to that is the Hitman games. Yes. Because the Hitman games you can go through (laughs) and there's multiple ways to get through the levels. You either go through completely silent and assassinate everybody or you go just shooting, and, but, which I hate. And, and but if you go just shooting, you will get your ass kicked. Kenny is also somebody that is probably the oddest game player I've ever seen with stuff. Like, I know I'm a little ADD with games. If you give me a corner in that game that could be explored, I'm going to explore it. I'm the same way. Like, Cat loses her minds watching me play something like Dragon Age. And like, Dragon Age Inquisition. It, He'll never finish. It shut ever. my brain down because I'm like, you basically gave me multiple open worlds for the most part. And I'm like, I need to know what's in every corner. Pick up every fucking book. He will never finish it. That, like, book, plant, anything that I can pick up, I will find a way to pick up. Not drop them. Put them in a storage chest. Use that's, them any way, shape, and form. That's how I am with Fallout 4 right now. Oh, yeah, and that game crushed me, too. Yep. But, like, Kenny's the type of person, though, like, if there's a game that has an upgrade system where, like, you're meant to learn more and more moves, Devil May Cry 3, the original edition, not the special edition release uh, release that came out when everybody realized the game was created to be too difficult, 
Kenny is also the person I saw go through that original game in like Devil May Cry, Dante Must Die mode, which is the enemy's devil trigger. You've got this tiny little life bar. I beat it in... I never did easy. You had to start on medium, so I beat it on medium to get hard. Then I beat it on hard to get difficult. Then I beat it on difficult to get impossible. Then I beat it on possible to get Dante Must Die. And by that... It was that was a good challenging game. That's what it should be. But Kenny also doesn't <laughs> use the upgrade points that was built into the game to make your character progress. And because make game, it makes the game too easy. He oh plays God. these games with the starting level moves as long as humanly possible. <laughs> like he makes his own challenges. <laughs> it's true. You're starting your own puzzles. But it's, it makes the game so much better. I mean, I can't say much because we used to have tournaments with the original Tony Hawk 1 and 2 where we got so good at the game, we used to play with our controllers faced away from us. So the arrow keys would be in your right hand and your buttons would be on your left hand and you're not visually seeing them. And you or play with it upside down. down on Did top of that. And play? we'd still be able to mm -hmm. play incredibly well. We play with one, We literally decided to play against someone with one hand behind our back. So we had to use the thumb to do the D-pad and the pinky to control the... And we were doing buttons. like trick attack, right? And we okay. Yep. Like, there's certain games that you can just beat into the ground and do those things with. But I mean, like, again, like, it's a kind of... Going back to the original point, though, like... the. Fan, uh, fans out there in the communities of what they're saying, sometimes it really does hurt certain projects. Like, yeah. Steam Greenlight is a big thing that you see now affecting gaming. Like, it's people that, like, we've met a lot of indie developers yeah. at, like, too many games and all, and a lot of those people have their games on Greenlight, where they say, here's our game, it's an early access, let us know what you think. If half their audience comes back and tells them, this game is way too hard, and the other half is saying, this is perfect, they still have to figure out, and if they decide to go what with to those do. people in this direction they're listening to the community and adjusting the games based off of those things yeah. it's really difficult demon souls that was another good game <laughs> oh demon God. souls was good. that sounds like demon a souls a game that kenny and me played for four and a half hours and couldn't beat level one we eventually beat level one eventually oh god that's, that's what you so need miserable. you need something that gives you a challenge when i beat a level i want to feel like fuck yeah i beat that level <laughs> you gamers out there, stop telling people to make the games easy. You're ruining it for everyone. And by everyone, I mean me. <laughs> so is there anybody anybody else have a show or a movie or a book series that they think was affected in a positive or negative way? I can't really comment because honestly, I don't know what has been affected by fans and what hasn't. Yeah, I don't always Well, here's know. a good question for the people here. Like, who here has read Game of Thrones stuff? I have. I've read the first book. Okay. Does anybody here at this table think George R. R. Martin would be done the next book if the fans weren't asking him about it constantly? I um I don't. I don't. Because I've no, seen how he's been with be the done. past books, and he is incredibly detailed in his writing. And yeah. I think... <laughs> yeah, cat rolls her eyes, sorry. <laughs> he, he knows where these stories are going already. He knows how this story is going to end, so I don't think the fans have any particular say in in these books. I no, because, I mean, if you think about it, the only reason there's a big hubbub about it in the first place is because of the TV show. I think... I think He was taking his goddamn time, like, beforehand, before the show ever came out. I think it was, like, close to... Was it a decade in between? He's been... Well, no, it wasn't a decade in between. There's it, been, it's, it's been 20 years since the yeah. first to the fifth. Yeah, so, I mean, it wasn't a decade. But it was probably, <laughs> like, a good five or six years between books. And I think now we're on, like, year three since the last one. Yeah. So, 
and it was supposed to come out beginning of this year, and he's already come out and said, eh, sorry, it's not going to be. He's a perfectionist in his writing. He's not going to release until he's satisfied. <laughs> I don't think it's got anything to do with the fans. I think the fans have more of a say on the show than the, than the books. That well, makes sense. I, I think it's a show series, really, that has kind of been negatively affected by the fans, is Star Trek. Yeah. Because Star Trek, you know, went from the original series and, you know, took a, a long break before Next Generation. But then right after Next Gen, you know, there was Voyager and Deep Space Nine and all the Next Generation movies and fans wanted more. And so they made Star Trek Enterprise and it bombed. And then Star Trek was basically gone. Like It wasn't until the movies rebooted. I'm surprised the there's one thing at this table people haven't brought up. Doctor Who. Doctor Who was a show that people absolutely locked onto when it came back, but yeah. it wasn't. But when people kept like gravitating towards specifics, like we love episodes like Blink, and Moffat comes in and runs the show, and he keeps trying to use these characters that are the fan favorite characters. Like here's a Dalek episode, here's another one, here's another Weeping Angels episode, and all of those things start losing their. Purpose. Well, I don't think oh, that really had anything to do with the writing or the show itself. I think that's more because of the fact, and you saw this at conventions. I think it's because Doctor Who became too trendy with with fans. If you went to Comic Cons and things like that, which I've been to for the past couple of years. You everybody's wearing a TARDIS dress or dressed as Matt Smith as the Doctor or David Tennant as a Doctor. If you were if you were to approach seventy five percent of those fans and ask them anything about that show, they wouldn't know a goddamn thing. And it's because it became too trendy. They saw everybody else doing it, and that was when the true fans of that show decided to be like, you know what, we're going to step back because this is getting out of hand. So now Doctor Who's become a little bit more quiet, and you really only. Hear it within. You only hear it within the actual fans now. You don't see it now. It's things like the Marvel movies and it's Agent Carter and everything else. Deadpool. Well, I mean, like you did see. Like I remember when they did the Capaldi reveal, and you saw fan like the the, you saw community reaction. Everybody was like, "He's old." I loved it, (laughs) and a lot of us were like, "Really?" I I was like, "Oh, he was great." We got to see that. We saw the Capaldi episode in the theater. We loved it. Super cool. Um, Yeah, but like you saw a lot of the people that were attached to Tennant and Matt Smith. (laughs) Then they saw that and they're like, "Oh, that's not the show I watch. I watch the that it's that young adult um, mindset." A lot of people that really like Doctor Who, and the moment that they saw that shift, not in their favor. They backed off. They mm-hmm. backed away. But you know what? Ultimately, though, I mean, I'm definitely behind you. I'm a season behind. Um, but again, though, too, like normally for us, it's we play catch up on Netflix. We do that with a oh, lot of our it's, shows. It's gone from Netflix now. Well, yeah, it's wow. it's leaving in. But it's on Hulu. Hulu. So, yeah, yeah we have so, Hulu, so we're fine. But I mean, it's it's that idea. It's like um, you know, I, me and Kat were both saying for a while now, like you know, like we like Arrow. But Arrow fell into that same trap. Like, people wanted to see Elicity happen for so long. And it, when that happened, it was forced down our throats so hard in Season 3, where it was not believable. And it never felt believable until the beginning of Season 4. Like, then I was okay with it. I was like, this seemed like they had a, they seemed like they had an on-screen chemistry built together at that point in time. But Season 3, it was just like, boom, let's do, like, all the melodrama that we can to milk every ounce of this out of the show. How many times will Felicity cry? Yeah, and it, it got really bad. They <laughs> Last took... season was like, oh, look, she's crying again. Oh, oh, but again. I think they learned from that mistake, too, they with did. The Flash. They did. They really well, did. Well, not only that, but with The Flash, too, because it became yeah, a little too obvious that Grant Gustin and Candace 
um, Patton's characters were going to end up together, yeah. and they never have, mm-hmm. which is perfect. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not the way it should Flash the way also, it should be. I think part of the problem, too, though, that with last season of Arrow is, like, Flash is just so good. That it's really hard I think to it's, compare. I think it's one of the best shows I've talked about. Oh my god. Um, Supernatural. Supernatural is another big one for a lot of people at this table. It's still going. Because fans. Good. Because the fans just don't want to let go. I'm going to so be the curmudgeon is... here. I'm sh- it is still entertaining. But I think from a story perspective, it should have ended where it was meant to end. You're not even caught up. You don't have a right yeah, you, to What are you talking to about? Comment. I'm a season behind. <laughs> exactly. It's This new it's season's season. good. No, but the but show did have a story that for all of It had it's an endpoint in mind. And that should say something. When, when you can look at it and go, man, there's nowhere they can go from here. And then you watch the next season okay. and you go, dude, they Real went quick. somewhere. It's good. Bill, I, I'm sorry. I know you watched a little bit of the show, I think. What? Supernatural. What no. Okay. I haven't seen any Supernatural. <laughs> All right. I apologize for this. If you want, you can put your fingers in your ears. Nah, but, like, do you guys fine. know where Supernatural is supposed to end? I'm um, guessing after uh, the apocalypse. No. I'm going to, That's I would say, probably the first encounter where they lock Satan back in hell. That's the apocalypse. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah, I yeah, think yeah, that back yeah, was yeah, the apocalypse. Yeah. It was when the they episode, lock him in the cage. Yeah. And it was and when Sam, Sam, went, to Sam, Sam went to hell. Yes. And they did the episode where they gave the history of the car. That, that was, was where the, the show was supposed ending to end. That they could have ever when yeah, they but had that the original that prophet. Been... Yeah, but that was almost like two seasons afterwards. No, it wasn't. That was that season. The episode with the car? No. They just no, did they that this season. They haven't seen no. that. No, no. Talking about another one. Oh. The original one when they first gave the history of the olds. Oh, because there was an episode this season that is it's primarily about the, the car. From the perspective of the car. And it is gotcha. probably so far my favorite episode cool from episode. this season. But that's what I mean. Like, So that was the perfect story arc in the sense that like, if they had ended it there... And you know what? They've gone and produced more entertaining Amazing episodes and good seasons. But for me, it doesn't have the cohesiveness that They've the... They've really only had one, first one season did. that wasn't good. The Leviathan. Yeah. Other than that... They kind of fizzled out on that one. But every show is allowed a bad season. If the majority of the con- uh, content you produce, as long as that last that season is not your last season, <laughs> yeah, Dexter. Mm. Uh-huh. But they're bringing it back. Are they? Well, because they got to make up for what they left. Yes, with. they, and that's what their plan is. Um, I never oh, watched God. the last couple have... episodes of Dexter, and people told me I'm better for it. You are. You're so much better than I watch it. <laughs> well, you know, like I said, I think uh, why don't we move into our last topic before we get ready to close out the show? We're getting close. Um, so this will be just kind of a real quick one. Uh, one of the big things that's been happening, too, with fan communities has been a lot of people very outspoken about the exclusion of some merchandise on the shelves recently. I have opinions on this, and people aren't going to like I it. think people are stupid. So do some I. Other things. So, one of the big things from Star Wars was the fact that our main character of that movie um, was the character Rey. Um, you know, and a lot of people went out in their Star Wars craze last month when the movie came out right before, and... Decided after they saw the movie, they had to own everything. Except Ray really wasn't available on shelves or in any packaging or products pretty much anywhere. Which she was is... a chase figure in their lineup. Um, and people were like, what the hell is going on? But the thing is, it's not just here. If you go back to, like, Avengers, a huge other cultural phenomenon that happened was people were like, oh, we love Black Widow. Or in Captain America Civil War, all this stuff. Also another character that was just not produced as figures. It's again, it's kind of saying, you know, the only way you can ever see this is if this is clothing for a Barbie doll or anything like those lines. Um, And it was a very much the merchandise community's 
not being able to react to, well, action figures are for boys. And that's what it was. Well, it's it's a double negative. It's a double-edged sword when you come to it. Because the prime example on the other end of this is the fact that, you know, the, the toy companies are starting to realize that toys are not just for kids anymore. Like, adults are collecting these things as well. Yeah. So, when they did this, they made a figure of Walter White from Breaking Bad. When it got put in the stores, there was a huge uproar from parents. Why is there a figure of a drug dealer in stores? Which kind of makes sense. So now these toy companies are going back to, okay, well, maybe these toys are just for kids now. we got to watch what we do. Figures are brought by primarily boys, which I understand girls buy figures and everything now too. But the, it was put into such a perspective that Ray was not, in, was not produced at all. Ray was produced. There are collections out there with Ray in it. But they're scarce. You, they're... That's the weird thing about it is that she's the fucking main character. Hold on. Wait, is, does anybody does anybody here know what the term chase figure means? No. A no, figure no. that comes out after the release of the film? No. Oh. So when toys come out, a good guess. somebody that's worked in a toy store no for a period of time or a place like Suncoast where you can buy movies, when you open up cases of figures, what happens is it'll be a collection of everything in that wave. And they'll say, here's your primary figures and here's your chase figures. Your chase figures are rare. Because they don't believe at all that those characters will sell or move. And they do everything in their power to avoid those characters sitting on shelves. So they'll say, we're going to make in a case of 48 uh, figures and say it's four figures. 20, you know, like 12 of these are going to be Kylo Ren. 12 of them are going to be Finn. We're going to do six BB-8, six Poe. Um, they made a Vader figure and a Luke figure for the line because of the original plot line. And they put them in, and then, like, well, let's put in two rays. So for every 48 figures, there's only two rays. Now, a store gets a pallet of them. Say that's 50 cases. You're only looking at 100 rays out of thousands of toys. That is why things become, well, if you get the kids, like, not kids, but adults that are collectors, and they buy them up. Because they're like, oh, I want to have this, or they buy cases. They're the ones getting those things. So the average person that wants those figures can't get them mm -hmm. because they didn't produce them. Well, so, and I'll like, I'll make the argument because, like, you know, if someone's like, oh, well, it's they're for boys or whatever. I know a lot of our friends of kids whose kids, their kids want the Ray figure because she's the main character, <laughs> and they're like, we can't find it because it's just not there. <laughs> And you can't, which is dumb. And one of the other so things too, that makes me sad, though, too, is like if you think about it, and you can't say you didn't know there was going to be a demand. Look at all the Star Wars marketing material leading up to this movie for Star Wars, uh, you know, um, Battlegrounds. Uh, they had ones with females as the leads in half of those commercials, like big female actresses that were like we love Star Wars, we want to be involved in this. Even a cell phone commercial. Focus on a brother and sister playing Star Wars together. All these things. They said this is for everyone now. And they still can't properly... Battlegrounds or Battlefront? Battlefront. Battlefront, sorry. Um, but they still can't tend to... How do merchandise people not understand this at this point? That times have changed a lot. Uh, but it's proof. And now it's kind of like the responses that they're coming out now is... Well... Spoilers. It's a spoiler. <laughs> Yeah, Ken. But know what they did is they released the exact <laughs> no, same. No, no, that's that's what they said. They that's said they, they released said. them because it was you know it would have been a spoiler to the film. Do you know right. what the know what it was though? Is that figure was like I said, you even said it, was an, on the market. Know what it also didn't have packed in that box? A lightsaber. How was that a spoiler? So it wasn't. It wasn't had nothing to do with. Know what they did? So they bullshit. Wave yeah. four. 
they're re-releasing the exact same figure and packing in Luke's lightsaber. Exact same one and mass producing it. That's a pretty bad move. Well, it's... I don't know. I still think I, I still think I I mean I understand where people are coming from, but I still yeah. think too many people get butt hurt over certain things. I agree. Too oh, no, easily, too. way too easily. I do too, and I do agree with it. But I do see the point though, is especially when you're now in a point where it's a new phenomenon, and you're trying to make this brand really matter to the next generation. If you're not going to cater to the next generation, you're yeah. making some big you, mistakes. You know what? One of my it may be a mistake. There's a difference between getting butt hurt about it though, and just calling on crap. But hurt like is trending that, in this podcast. <laughs> there's a there's a difference between like it's it's making it almost sound like the the corporate industry is going screw girls screw girls we don't want them to play like, that's not what they're doing <laughs> they're going we want money how do we think we can maximize our profit mm-hmm. they're not anti girl. They but don't it's give a even, shit. They just want money. But that's not the argument. The argument is that their marketing was failed. It, their their vision the demand was, was we want failure. this character why is and there that's what people are calling out okay. it's not going they hate girls it's going they're dumbasses because they're behind the times that's fine but I've heard the opposite I've okay. heard a lot of people say like oh they're anti-girl they don't want to put it out because she's a girl no they don't give a shit they want money they'll put out a fucking dog they don't care <laughs> it's whatever true. they think is going to sell that's what they're going to put out but that's the point is what they're thinking is not really up with the times well it's, it's just based on their marketing research. Yeah, it's really some marketing strategist who should probably get fired for you know <laughs> yeah. writing the wrong numbers and predicting the wrong numbers mm-hmm. and really grossly predicting but that's the what failure I mean. that's just, of what they did. It's a gross oversight. Yeah. That's the big issue. It's not like it doesn't have to be a big butthurt thing. The point is, it was a huge gross oversight. It was like, the seriously? Is too, it's, you're, you're omitting the okay. main character? But will they correct it with the next movie? I hope so. <laughs> Probably. Well, they're already they're already proving that they're getting prepared to because they moved episode eight back to Christmas the following year. And coincidentally, Avatar two then said that they're changing their date and they're not going to release that Christmas. I wonder why. Because they're going to get crushed. They're going to lose. But you will also, you know what it is too. It's 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 another trend that people are just now starting to catch on to, and I'm amazed that it's took them since well the first Hobbit movie came, or the Lord of the Rings came out. That, hey, you know what? People really like seeing movies at Christmas time. But when are we going to release all of our blockbusters? Spring and summer. Let's do it in the summer. <laughs> July 4th works. Because there's nothing that, you know, Lord of the Rings, every Harry Potter movie, uh, Avatar, Titanic, Star Wars taught us all these movies that have been the top of the box office worldwide charts. Hey, let's release these movies in the summer when people are going on vacations and not home to watch them instead of in Christmas when everybody's home with their families yep. and can go out together. So, again, it's amazing that a lot of people just can't see what's clearly in front of them. Um, Uh But yeah, it's kind of amusing. I'm going to write my first script, and when it gets produced as a movie, I'm going to release it on April Fool's Day. And instead of showing my movie, I'm going to show Twilight. And I would have millions of people hating me. As long as as you do... Millions, uh, I say hundreds. As long as you do the uh, the riff tracks version of it, they'll be it's, fine. That's the riff true. tracks was really that funny. Was that's, that's the only reason I watched that movie. That's the only way I will ever watch that movie. Well, because we're going short tonight, we're going to have to go and move right into the MFK. Um, I don't know my answer. I know. I don't I know this is going to be a mixed bag tonight. I know. Um, Kenny doesn't know either because he doesn't know Bill any knows. Of I'll start. Bill knows the <laughs> okay. answers for his. But like before we get into that, so this week, because of Heroes and Villains, we had to go with John Barrowman, Stephen Amell, but to add a little bit something else into it, Grant Gustin. 
So, and now, again, I want to point out that these are the people, not the characters they so play. So we're not talking Rachel Ghoul, Arrow, or The Flash. Yeah. You're talking about the people. You couldn't have made that like you couldn't have made that Grant it... you couldn't have made Grant Gustin like Katie Lotz or something. That would have made this so much easier. <laughs> yeah, it would have. <laughs> oh. Anyways, I'm starting. Uh, I'm gonna kill I'm gonna kill Stephen Amell because he's failed this city. <laughs> uh, can I ring the bell? No. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna ring the bell for the next one. Oh god. I'm gonna fuck Grant Gustin because it'll be over in a flash. Oh. <laughs> And just so I can get on with marrying John Barrowman, because that would be the best marriage ever. Right, <laughs> right. Can Amazing. I go next? I think I know. Do where it I'm up. Going. All right, I'm gonna go with the obvious. Marry fuck you. You gotta fuck Barrowman, because he's already gay. He knows what the hell he's doing. So, and I wouldn't get butt hurt because it wouldn't. Be <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, I'd probably, as as much as I love him, I'd probably... Oh, God. It's painful, isn't it? It is. Because really I, do I, I don't want to... I don't want to kill Stephen or Grant, but I... Oh, man. I, I'd marry Stephen, and I'd kill Grant, because I would kind of hope that Grant would just run away in a flash. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Kat? Oh, God. I reused the pun. I'm sorry. That's fine. I like it. Oh, God. This is really tough. <sighs> just... And I just wanted to say butthurt again. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> um, shit. Come on, you can do it. This is really, really difficult. And don't talk into your elbow. <laughs> uh, I'm going to talk into my hands. You have beat um, shit. Skip me. Come back to me. All right, Kenny. <laughs> All right. Uh, I thought about this, and I don't have as much of an issue with it as everyone else seems to have. <laughs> Partly because I am not basing this on their characters in the least. This is based solely on the actors. And I know shit about most of the actors' <laughs> personal lives. So it's based almost solely on pictures of the actors. <laughs> So, um, I do know a little bit about John Barrowman, so we're going to get to him later. Uh, and then we'll jump right in with Stephen Amell. Stephen Amell, we're going to kill. Simply because he just doesn't look like he's a fun guy. He also seems like the type of person where if we were going to have sex, he would hurt me. <laughs> I don't want to be punched in the face during sex, and he looks like the type of person that does that. Ask his ex-girlfriend. I'm sure we'll find out the truth one way or the other. And then, so he's going to die. We're sorry, Stephen. We do like you a lot. Yeah, yeah. And then he does not speak for the rest of us. And then there's Grant Gustin, who I looked at and went, he seems a little squirrely, a little wily. He seems like the type of person that the sex might be okay with like I don't feel like I'm gonna get killed or hurt like he would just kind he looks like the guy that would be like I want this to be over as quickly as you do let's just let's just fucking do it and then never talk about it ever again again he's getting it done in a flash (laughs) so we're gonna have sex with Grant Gustin now we come back to John Barrowman and I don't know why anyone wouldn't choose to marry John Barrowman alright we have a guy who's like 
happy and he's gonna sing show tunes and he's gonna wake you up in the morning by cooking you breakfast and have bright shining smiles and birds will be flying around and he'll be amazing now john barrowman he just he's fun he's happy he's gonna sing that's what you want in your life. You don't want a woman beater. You don't want a guy that's going to pretend. You don't want a guy that's that's, that's just going to be like, Steven, I want this. Steven, over we as much still you like do. you a lot. So, we don't think you're a wife beater. Uh, and that goes that goes for both Grant and Barrowman too. Yeah. We're, we're, we're fans. Trust we're, me. We're marrying we're marrying John because he would be amazing. We're having sex with Grant because he would be like, let's just keep this on the down low. And we're killing Stephen Amell because people that beat women are bad. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for the libel suit to come in. Thank you, Kenny. Uh, for the record, John Barrowman, Stephen Amell, and Grant Gustin, we would marry all three of you. Yes. 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 Declaration. If, if we could get away with the answer of just three-way and happiness and all forever yeah. after and... Declaration. I have no pre-knowledge of whether or not Stephen Amell actually beats women. I'm just saying he looks like he does. Oh, oh, oh. You're horrible. <laughs> so many disclaimers are going to be all over this podcast. Kat, how about you? Did you all come right, up with your I answers? I made my decision. Um, Stephen Amell in the show is just too broody, so I'm just going to... Even though he seems pretty chill and fun in real life... Um, I would bang Grant Gustin and marry Barrowman all the way. Why? Yeah, there's um, no answers to any of that. Damn it! <laughs> you gave us a start and then just went. You thought you were getting off. You thought you, you were getting off. You, you took my answer. No, Grant Gustin's adorable, not squirrely, and you know, I mean, like Amel's kind of too big to bang. I'm like, he'd be like towering, you know. and he'd hit you. <laughs> <laughs> And who wouldn't want to... And I will steal your answer with who wouldn't want to marry John Barrowman. I mean, he is just so fun. We can have sing-alongs all the time. Yeah. All uh, the sing-alongs. All right, you know, for me, like I said, I'm going to get this right out of the way. Barrowman, you marry. Because he's like a real-life Disney princess. I mean, oh it's, yep. if you could imagine somebody waking up and again, like, you could, like, he walks outside and, like, birds, birds come yes. to his arms and... Like, you know, like, you know... You're going to probably just have constantly a ton of fun, go on crazy adventures. You're going to probably have the weirdest stories you never would have expected because the dude's just so full of life. He's just energetic. He's constantly happy. Like, watching any of his, like, behind-the-scenes videos, you always are smiling. It's impossible not to when you see him. He's just an amazing actor. And that leads me to the really hard call. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I actually decided I'm going to kill Grant. Um, and again, it's, I kind of feel the same way that Ben does. It's, you kind of just hope he kind of just scurries off and he doesn't get hurt or anything like that. Um, like, Grant, I haven't seen as much of him as a public figure. Um, so it's really kind of hard. Like, I've seen some behind-the-scenes stuff that he's done, and he's very fun and a very sweet guy. I've read a lot of his things, especially last week. Like, there was a, a lot of fans were trying to put an attack of him saying he was against Ezra Miller playing The Flash. And he came out with, like, he's like, guys, like, look, it's... I'm not angry that I'm not doing the Flash movie or anything. I'm really happy for it. Like, it just, he's a really kind of a steward for, like, a really positive geek culture. And that's why you want to kill him? Apparently. But I'm saying he's like, <laughs> but the thing is, ultimately, when you go to somebody like Stephen Amell, the guy is just, you know, like, he, he, he's such a steward for the character, but not just that, but the entire comic brand that they're doing he really really generally cares a lot about his fans 
He cares a lot about the community. He tries to do a lot of positive things. And even just looking back at the Heroes and Villains Con, if you can't look back at those videos and say, this guy is just really cares about the people that are there and really know about what he's trying to provide them, then you can imagine he'd also probably be a very providing lover. He would he would <laughs> he would take care of you in the right ways. Maybe pour bottles of wine on top of you in the middle of things. He's got plenty of it. Yeah. So you can have your very own private knocking point party and just <laughs> you know on with the show. So I mean, like, yeah. I mean, ultimately, I think this is the hardest MFK we've ever had to do. Um, what is your final? And I'm glad I chose to marry Stephen so, Amell now. Uh, I get wine. It's uh, true. I would say marry you married Barrowman. You fuck Stephen Amell. Because all too, too, a man that can actually do a salmon, uh, salmon ladder in real life, and that's he's got to probably be able to pull off very interesting things in bed. It's probably bendy. Probably very, very bendy. <laughs> and then, unfortunately, I think you have to kill Grant. So uh, I feel Rob, really, really bad saying that, and I feel like I just... Rob? 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 Do you like rough sex? <laughs> Sometimes it's a lot of fun. It's true. I'm not like Kenny. I'm like, oh, I got stuck by a bee. Bees fucking hurt. And everyone out there in the listening world knows bees fucking hurt. Kenny, explain to everybody why you've never gotten a tattoo. Because it fucking hurts. What's wrong with you people? Everyone that explains tattoos to me goes, oh, it doesn't hurt. It feels like a bee sting. Bees fucking hurt. Okay, I'm going to go around the table real quick. Ben, is rough sex fun? Uh, yeah, actually. Kendrick. Cat is rough sex fun. Fuck yeah. Bill is rough sex fun. Yup. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Four to one. No, so, I, you're not punching Stephen me. Stephen I don't want black eyes. I don't Man, want blood. I'll tell you, nails down your back. No, fuck that. Yeah. I came out of my college dorm room once and my, like, my neighbor was like, Dude, were you attacked by a tiger? What happened to you? It was not fun. He was attacked by a cougar, actually. <laughs> So anyway, we bring you our new podcast, Rough Sex. <laughs> so that was episode 24 of the Captain Crew Cast of Pods. Um, as me and Ben brought up earlier, too, um, if you go to nextlevelradioonline.com, you can also check out Ben's other show, The Showcast, um, The Melting Pat, uh, Primetime Fantasy Football. And which is, well, which is over right now. Which is over now. Yeah. And our show together, uh, the D- uh, DC Primetime, which covers... Supergirl, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, Flash, and Arrow. So you won't be hearing as much of us talking about this stuff on this podcast as much because now we have a whole hour every week to break down all of that. Yep. This has um, also been brought to you by the BWASA, which is the Battered Women Against Stephen Amell. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Again. <laughs> Stephen, we'll, we'll make sure Kenny's not on any more shows. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Again, I, I have no idea if he actually does this. Oh, he right. just Quiet looks you. like it. Quiet you. I have hung out with Stephen Amell for at least 10 minutes, and he was awesome, so, so I would say that. Um, we were drinking and, a lot of wine, but we were... And the only reason I'm, I have to plug this here really quick before we uh, continue on with the, the closeout here, um, we also want to thank um, George Shaw, who's a musician uh, that we didn't get to thank on the first episode, uh, episode of DC Primetime, who is... Um, Gracious enough to lend us our, uh, his music for that uh, that podcast, and we're really amazed to have him help us out because he's done some really awesome stuff. Like he's done music with Stan Lee. He's got an amazing Star Wars par- uh, Star Wars musical parody that's based off of Disney stuff. You guys need to check out. We'll get links up there for that. And hopefully, but, have him on a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that would be amazing. But um, you know, on top of that, Bill, myself, Cat, Paul, and Ashley, we will all be at Wicked Fair in Woo! just a couple of weeks. We are really excited. It is the final Wicked Fair, which we're sad about, but there's a new show starting up in February next year called Glimmer Dark. This is another Jeff Mock event. Uh, we will be covering that show. Cat will be vending there as well. 
Um, if you see people in Caffeine Crew shirts there, because I know people that go to that show listen to this podcast. Um, if you see people in Caffeine Crew shirts, come up to us. Please talk to us. And most of us, most of us will probably have some kind of video recording device or audio device. Tell us why you love Wicked Fair and your favorite Wicked Fair memory you've had, because we'd like to pull together something really nice to close that show out in a proper way. Um, and again, too, uh, we want to give uh, props to our friends, too, from Chaotic Neutral. We're doing a panel there as well. Make sure you check them out. I'm sure that'll be a good time as well. Um, but yeah, like I said, don't forget to check out Curiouser, uh, which is a book that Kat worked super hard on uh, that's available on Amazon. And yet she has new books available, too, Hunting for Spring. Um, we'll just go around really quick if anybody has anything else they want to get out there real fast. Kenny? <laughs> Kenny's no, like, no. Not today. No? Nothing. Usually I do. Not today. Ben? Uh, we are approaching our 100th episode for Woo, the showcast awesome. uh, within the next three episodes. Uh, we're trying to work on something pretty big for the 100th. We don't know what it's going to be yet. we got a lot of irons in the fire. So be sure to check us out, nextlevelradioonline.com, and keep up, because hopefully we will, one of these irons will pay off and we'll do something pretty big for our 100th. That's awesome. Cat. Um, books, yes. Books, many, yes. Many books, yes. Take money. Please give money. <laughs> Please buy my books. <laughs> How about you, Bill? I will hopefully get back into, you know, the wonderful world of movie premieres and movie movie reviews. So um, you'll have all Hail Caesar review coming up probably Hail Caesar will, yes, the definite will after I see it. Yeah. Well, it's coming up <laughs> very soon. It's coming up very soon. It's next Tuesday. So. so. This Tuesday. This Tuesday. This Tuesday coming, so. So. I have um, to thank my great friend, uh, you know, Ben Beck over there for uh, helping me out with that. Letting you tag along. Yep. And don't forget, always check out caffeinecrew.com. You can always write to us at thecaffeinecrew at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter, and we're on Instagram. Everything. And all that fun Thanks. stuff. Um, oh, yeah. Can I plug our Facebook page, too? Oh, yeah. Please do. Please uh, do. Facebook.com slash Next Level Radio Online, and you can follow us on Twitter at NXT Level Radio. Mm-hmm. And then if you search iTunes, uh, DC Primetime for yep. that other show as well. That we we are now live on iTunes. Yep. Um, but yeah, and we'll see you guys all next month. And next month on the website, you'll probably be seeing lots of coverage from Wicked Fair. We're really excited. We're going to have a couple interviews lined up, and we'll have a lot of other fun stuff from there too. So Yay. we will see you all in February. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm going snowboarding. Not with Stephen Amell. <laughs> we still love you, Stephen. <laughs>